As a business and leadership mentor, wife, and mom, I know that building a legacy business as a high-performing female entrepreneur can be overwhelming when you play many demanding roles in your life. But you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. You can be a powerful, high performer in your career, plus enjoy a fulfilling marriage and be a great mom all at the same time. Join me and my guests every week to get the inside scoop on what it really looks like to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Well, we have such a special surprise today. You want to say hi? Oh, I'm the surprise. Hi, how are you doing? Sean is the surprise. So if you do not know who Sean is and you are a new listener to the show, um, Sean's my husband. How many years? It'll be 14. It'll be 14. Yeah, it'll be 14 in June. 14 in June. 14 in June, June 27th. I, You know how I remember? No. <laughs> I think of how old Brighton is. So if she's 12, she's going to turn 13 this year. So we have to have been married for 14 if she's turning right. 13. <laughs> That's a best a way to remember year. when we got married and how many years it's been. So Sean's my husband. Um, you want to tell people a little bit about you? So actually, we're business partners also. So Structured Freedom was actually started 17 years ago by myself because... But what's Structured Freedom? Not everybody knows what that is. Structured Freedom... The name of the show has nothing... Right. But Structured Freedom, our company, is you have to have structure in your life to have freedom. So as a personal trainer, I wanted to get better results for my clients. So I got into coaching, life coaching back in the day. And life coaching definitely helped not only accelerate the way in which I was doing business, but the results that clients were getting. So you know, normally people show up like... 20 or 30% of the time on their own. I was getting people to show up 60 or 70%. And they also started doing things outside of their quote comfort zone because they started realizing where they were starting from wasn't where they were in a couple of months later. And so their goals kept changing, which was really cool to see. And I got to work because we lived in North Carolina near the University of North Carolina. There were all kinds of CEOs and executives and people in academia and a lot of student athletes. So I got to work with a whole bunch of different types of variety people and from all walks of life. And after our daughter was born, Megan didn't want to go back into teaching. So I got her into a certification with me and we started our journey in this coaching industry together, but separate, um, meaning that I work on the, the emotional side, the intellectual combination with the mechanical side, which I call the physical, meaning your mind, your body, and your spirit together, and the components that each encompass. And as I evolved what I was doing, I added hypnosis to it. So the program that I created is called the mental mechanics. So how your sleep, your food, your rest, your energy, your chemical balance with your hormones, weaknesses and supplementation all have an impact on your psychological self and how your psychological self can also be a component of the physical. And we have used this in retreats we've done helping people out. And I do it on a regular basis with my clients. So how it really helps is like in a car, you know, you could have all the components to a car, the mechanical pieces, tire would be like shoes on a person, how much grip you're going to get or slip. And all these different things that are mechanical also have things inside them that are lubricating them from like different fluids. And then you have the computer of the car that controls everything. So that's how the human body is. And my question to all you is, why do we pay attention more to our cars? 
than we do ourselves. The car doesn't give us a warning light to say, oh my God, it's about to explode. That could be a possibility, but more of like, hey, it's time to check this out. It's time to change this. It's time to add this. And why do those things do that? Is so that the car can run, run at its optimal level. And that's what we need to start looking at as human beings. Why aren't we listening to the cues that are being said to us? So it's all really about internal communication with ourselves to be the best version of ourselves so that we can help serve other people because without your physical and mental health, you really don't have anything. And you're constantly going to be struggling and putting out fires, the symptoms of stress in life. And, you know, we come together and do life as well as we can with the expertises we have. But at the same time, we also like to outsource our own help with the coaches that we've gotten on to work with us and certain groups we've taken on that we work within too. And we just got back from a interesting weekend where we got to meet all kinds of different people. Huh? How was that? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So Sean's in this, Sean's in a, it's, it's not a group program. It's not like a training program. It's a, what would you call it? It's a private group. It's a private group that you have to be invited into Mm -hmm. nominated. And not only do you, are you nominated, but once you're nominated, you got to go through a series of interviews um, from your belief systems, what you want to impact in the world. It's about changing the world in a positive way and, and generational, generational wealth. Like a wealth huge premise of it is good people who have money have the ability to create really positive change in the world. And so they're bringing together people of influence, people who have access to that type of money, but who also have a good heart. Correct. So it's, that you it's can definitely, it's definitely heart based. We're making a difference in people's lives and it's, an interesting way to connect to other people and success in wealth isn't how much money you make or how many clicks or likes you have and how many followers success is how are you improving your life first? And then how can you reach out to other people and not necessarily work with them directly, but how can you connect them to the best people that are going to fit them where they're at? So let's talk about the actual event. What did we go to? We So we were in Pensacola, Florida. It was right. for a one day event. Right. So this group hosts events. I don't know how many times this a is, year. They'll, they'll do two a year that you're allowed to invite a plus yes, one two. guest. Yeah. So that's why Megan. So Van- I got to go. So I'm not in the group. No, I, but you got I to meet to other go people because there. I did. There were a lot of people there. There were a lot of wives and husbands too. a few husbands. There were a lot of couples there, yep, a lot, a lot of, of husband and wives. Many of the wives, at least that I met were a guest of the husband, Correct. but there was also a couple of men yep, were guests. who were guests of their wife. So it is a combination of men and women, yeah. which is really cool. Yeah. So the, the, <laughs> so I would like, what did you, I would love to hear what you got out of it. We could both share. So the interesting aspects of this is that it's not completely transparent. You don't know how many people are actually in the group, but you get to meet people on different levels that are in this group. Now we had a social, which was interesting because it wasn't located where it said it was supposed to be located. So we went across the street and yeah. So we all thought there was going to be this you know, if you've ever attended an meet event, greeting, right? there's usually like a meet and greet the night before. So it gets out the jitters. Everybody gets to meet each other. So you're not like seeing each other for the first time the day of. Right. And, you know, you kind of expect like hors d'oeuvres, something a little formal. Megan does. Um, oh, it's just like every event I've been to, that's the way it's been. And so we all descend upon this restaurant, which Sean and I had reservations at the restaurant. So we were already there eating yes. dinner. And then we walked to the front lobby we thought this gathering was going to be upstairs. There was this huge mix-up, I think. And there was another group up there. And so we all just sort of 
decided upon ourselves, we will walk across the street to a piano so, bar. So the interesting thing, but I can't, still can't figure out like who was in charge of that event. It doesn't matter. Nobody was there. But see, we're looking for this. Is the thing about this group is does it really matter who was in charge because that's past tense. What really matters is what you do with the situation. And I think that was the big learning piece of that is all these people are very well at adapting to situations. So we just made the most out of it. And it was a dueling piano bar. And so we were there before it really officially opened. So people got a couple of drinks. We were in an area mingling. Then as the piano bar opened up and they were playing the pianos, we moved across the street to another location. Now, the thing that's interesting is they're all owned by the steakhouse, the same like sister entity. And we got to talk to people. And when you're in a social setting without there being something formal, it's how are you going to step up and have conversations? Now, here's an interesting piece to this. And this is why I don't think things are coincidental. The person who's in charge of this organization, I was on a call with, I got to talk about what I do as a coach. And some of the people I give back to and a lot of cancer patients, I do hypnosis with to help them out with their stress. So what happens is I am introduced through an email to a particular woman, which she didn't respond to right away. And then I nominated someone to be a part of this group and they called me about the nomination. And as I was asking and talking to this gentleman to find out, he's actually the husband of this woman I'm supposed to speak with. So nothing comes from that. I just say, hey, if you ever need anything, I'm here. So we're across the street at the second location And this woman's sitting at a table with a gentleman that we met a few minutes before that. And she introduces herself. And I said, you're Linda and you work at the home office. She's like, yes. And I said, I'm Sean. She goes, you're Sean. I'm like, yes. And she introduces me to the gentleman I spoke to on the phone, which was her husband who was taking care of her through her medical issues. This was the first time she's been out of her house in about five or six months. And I'm not going to get into the details of what she's what's going on, but I'm working, hopefully going to be working with her and her husband, because that's what this group is about. It's it's about equal exchanges or abundant exchanges, meaning there's not always money exchanged, but there's quality of information or services exchange where both parties benefit from. And when you're doing it because you're conscious of helping someone, you get a much bigger return on your investment. So that was one of the unique things about this is the people that I was meeting, it wasn't, hey, we'll get back to you. Nice to meet you. It's like, hey, let's do something right now. So I got a nonprofit being a sticker being made to put on a drag car that's going to be actually hosted a few miles from us that my daughter and I will be definitely going to being a part of that whole thing and then meeting some other people from there. So it gets you in front of people to make connections with that are like-minded and want to do better in the world. And I think that's really what I got out of it. Now, they did a lot of training on how to do business and make money and what to cover and what not to cover. And that's where I think you really took a few notes on, would you say? Yeah. What do you think of that portion of it? The business stuff? Yeah. The way it was presented to the actual business stuff that I was like taking, like the workbook, the tiny little workbook they gave us. I thought that was standard across the board. Like if you go listen to anything about business or internet marketing, you're going to hear those things that they told us to write down. It was everything else. I mean, he didn't even get to that workbook until this, the second part of the afternoon and he had to fly through it in like two hours. I, the biggest thing for me was people who are creating generational wealth 
they value themselves in a very different way than everyone else. Number one. Number two, they they have a very different mindset around what's possible. They don't even believe in what's possible. It's like what's probable. They like go beyond what's possible. They believe pretty much anything they can think of is probable. And the way that they utilize their time and see time. So we talked a lot about compressing time. Correct. For example, if anybody listens to the Ed Milet show, there's actually a pod, an entire podcast episode where he talks about this. And it's the same concept that they were sharing in this room around people who are creating and have created generational wealth. They use their time in a very different way. So the average person looks at one day equaling 24 hours. Right. We wake up, we do our morning routine. You know, most people probably wake up at seven o'clock, do the morning routine, get the kids to school, go to a job, work nine to five, come home, do dinner. They're tired. They sit on the couch. They watch Netflix, drink a beer or a glass of wine, go to bed at 11 o'clock. Normal 40 hour a week type yeah. thing. Same thing with a lot of business owners. I mean, if I'm being really honest, most of the years that I have had a business, it has been more like, oh, I basically just went and created a job for myself because you're still trading times for dollars. So the way they look at their day is you can actually get three days in one. And so they block it from 6 a.m. to 12 p.m., 12 p.m. to 6 p.m., and 6 p.m. from to 12 p.m. midnight. And then so you you're get basically 21 sleeping. days in a week. Yeah. So you so someone like that is looking at their week as though they have 21 days worth of movement, like forward movement to move forward in the world. Whereas the average person thinks they have five, which really, when you're looking at productivity, you're probably really only utilizing maybe three of those. And that being said, it's not work that's being done in the three-day work day. It's a lot of work being done in a certain short period of amount of time. Like five or six of those hours are focused, generated activities that produce results. Now, but like, a lot. So, but he's is- also giving himself time to meditate, think. to think, and and what it is is basically. Figuring out how much money you're going to need to cover your bills and your living expenses with some freedom, like buying things, going out to eat. I mean, ultimately, it's like figure out how to make $240,000 a year. Working 20 hours a week the most. And only five of those hours are you delivering the service. What are you doing the other 20 hours? This was a fascinating. You're being creative about what you're going to do next. And also. You're thinking. Thinking. And he used one particular example, Warren Buffett. He said, Warren Buffett thinks and strategizes about what move he's going to make five hours every day. Five hours of thinking for every five hours of moving. Yes. So when it comes down to it, people are like, how do you do that? And the average is figuring out your value per hour. Now, it hasn't have to necessarily be one thing that's generating that specific amount per hour. It could be accumulation of different activities that on average are generating that per hour. That can be passive income streams, which they talked a lot about. And they also talked about your time you're giving, what's the value of that and placing yourself in the proper position. So you get that, meaning you can do a lot with the time you have. Are you being paid for the time you're giving? And that's where it's important. So we had it figured out to a point where what you were making by working five hours a week, you're making 250,000 a year. 
And that's like, wow. But it's not, you're working 40 hours a week to, a week to make 250,000. You're working five hours a week. Because what we came down to, right? Five hours a week. Yeah. So yeah, the so value, so it means your value is worth in terms of money, $1,000. So that's the equal exchange. You're providing value in exchange for $1,000. So whatever you sold. So it's 20,000. Those five hours are hours you're actually delivering the service you sold. It's in delivery. The right. other 20 hours, you're thinking and strategizing about how to make that money. And you're taking action too. That's the key to this is... I was talking about someone about these affirmations online and they were talking about all these things that people are doing or these thoughts. And I said, well, think of an affirmation if you're a sprinter, like a starting block. What a starting block gives a sprinter is the advantage of putting them in a particular angle that they can push off of something to accelerate much quicker, but they're only going to accelerate to a certain point. So the advantage is just in the beginning, the sprinting portion of it. It doesn't actually gain them overall faster speed. It just gets them up to speed quicker. So that's motivation or affirmations do that for people. Why is that important? Well, if I was to be on a track and I couldn't move around, right? Meaning I didn't have starting blocks and maybe a little wet and I had normal sneakers on and I pushed off, I could slip and I'm in more of an upright position. But with starting blocks and then cleats on your sneakers, your sprinting shoes, you get an advantage in the beginning to get you out ahead of something. So affirmations don't work unless you're taking action, but they get you in a position to take action faster and be ahead of everyone else. So that's where all these people are talking about, well, your New Year's resolutions and what they're doing, they're ideas that hopefully you've taken consideration of to put you into a position to take action that you're going to be further along and being consistently moving at that pace so you stay ahead of where you want to be. Because there's always going to be setbacks that are going on in your life and you have to decide, okay, how far is that setback going to take me out? And so like we both got something, I believe, mutually beneficial and also different out of this entire time. Now, the time which we were there went in a way fast, but in also a way it was slow because you're up at 7.30 and we didn't get back till that Saturday night till 11. And when we were at dinner, we got seated at 8.30 and we got up at 11 from dinner and didn't realize how, like that time went so fast. Yeah, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Now we're in this restaurant that's an Irish pub, they said, right? I didn't walk around it, but you went I and used the restroom. They were seating at one time, full seats, First sitting, 600 people. They turn those tables up to four times a night. So that we'll just say with the bar area, over 3,000 people are eating at this restaurant per evening. They had a two-hour wait. Now, the interesting thing is as we're standing there waiting for our table, we're I'm talking to a couple because that's my extroverted portion of it. And you got to hear about they were regulars there. They knew the staff. They were really nice. And they asked us what we were there for. So we were there with 70 or 60 other people. There was a hockey game and there was some other thing going on. So there were a lot more people in town. And that's the thing too, is the group that we were with blended in with everyone. Like they blended in with everyone because they are everyone. The uniqueness to this group is the thing that we all have in common. And that is to make this world a better place. And that's why I wanted you to come along because I couldn't really describe it in detail on how it, really was you kept asking me questions so was it more or less of what you thought it was or could be 
Uh, I didn't really have a expectation going into it after the fact. I, I mean, I thought that people, and the biggest thing that I noticed, which this was a little surprising because of what I'm so used to, I'm used to everybody just trying to network with everybody and get clients. Coachy, coachy, coachy. <laughs> and that's what you find in the very, in the coaching space. And these right. people like, I didn't even know what most of those people did. Nobody right. talked about what they did for a living. No, it was no. very, very few. I mean, if you directly ask someone and they'll what do you, you do, yeah. they'll tell you, no one's trying to pitch you because it's not the purpose of the group. The purpose of the group is not to come and this is your client pool, even though that may happen, Right. but it's to be a giver. Right. And if someone's introducing you, they've noticed that you have something of interest that the other person might And they be were constantly in. doing that. They right. were constantly... You could tell everyone was so present with you when you were speaking to them. Right. Their eyes were only on you. Mm -hmm. And you can tell that they were. They're interested in you, not what you do. They're interested in you and they're thinking, who can I connect her with? Right. Who can I connect him with? And they would literally like take your hand, walk you over to someone else and say, so-and-so, this is Megan. Mm -hmm. She's a guest. I think she's cool. You're cool. You guys should talk and meet. And let's let's that was so awesome. let me let me show you explain how diverse this group. One woman was doing transportation for precious metals throughout Africa. Another woman was a supermodel who was doing in Singapore. In Singapore, another gentleman owned a bunch of health clubs. Another one was giant in real estate. Podcast people, stunt woman, a lot of military people, real estate different entrepreneurs age range was incredible like from like 20s 20 to 80. 80s at least people who had high corporate jobs who left because they wanted something more out of life there was all kinds of people and i think that's the cool thing is to be surrounded with people who want to elevate you and they're asking you what your expertise is and how they can you can either help them or help someone they know and that's the cool unique thing about being in a room where you are a little uncomfortable with the level of where you're at and they're not judging you by the level of where you're at financially. And that's the cool part about this is it's not where you're at financially. They'll get you there. That's a guarantee. They, it's not a wealth building thing, but in, they say in 60 months, you will have generational wealth. If you follow through, do the connections and work with individuals to make their lives better. Yeah. So if you're wondering, like kind of circling back to close the loop on essentially making 240 to $250,000 a year from your business. So a lot of people who listen to this, I know that you're a coach. So, you know, we hear so many people say like, I, all I want to do is get to a million dollars a year. Well, if you actually knew how many hours somebody was working to get there and how many team members they were paying, what they were paying in ad spend, they might, if they're lucky, be taking home $250,000. But I would actually bet on saying it's probably less if they have a team and they're doing paid advertising and all that stuff and they're joining programs and paying coaches. So you can make a million dollars in your business, only take home $250,000 at best. However, most people who I know, are working a minimum of 40 hours a week. I actually talked to somebody the other day who's working seven days a week, making a couple of million dollars a year in their coaching business. So go back to what if you focused on making $250,000, working five hours a week, making $1,000 an hour. The other 20 is you taking the action and strategizing and thinking about how you're going to make that. 
Well, you've got another 20 or 25 hours right there. What are you doing with that? What do you do with that? That's where you go build the generational wealth. The statistic, not a statistic, the piece of information that he shared, which was really mind-blowing for me, and and a lot of people in this room are are beyond the level of generational wealth. Like they're beyond it. It's why they're teaching it. One guy had a house that was 135,000 square feet. With 500 rooms. Like that's what we're talking about here. And he goes, if you are working more than 25 hours a week to make the money that you're currently making that pays for everything, you will never mathematically or from a from the perspective of physics, quantum physics plus math, you will never reach generational wealth. Nope. And I think we've been so brainwashed. I don't want to say like misguided. <laughs> I will say brainwashed. Maybe yes. misguided, but I'm just going to talk about like the coaching industry again, because that's so many of our listeners that this like coveted place is to get to a million dollars a year. Well, what if you just got to 250 and you had a, a, a little tiny stash of cash, you actually only have to have to have a very small amount of cash to then use that to start building your generational wealth and learning new skills of investing in things that are going to bring you passive income. And the, the one big kicker that I got out of it was there is no reason for you to be investing in anything until everything is taken care of first, meaning all your bills have, you have money coming in that covers your bills. You have money coming in that is creating your lifestyle. And then when you have extra $25,000, then you start playing with that. But the craziest thing about all this is he goes, do you think if you're saving money for retirement, you're going to have generational wealth? He goes, that's a joke. He goes, if you think that paying off your credit cards is going to create something for you, that's going to be life-changing. He goes, come on. Like this is what they've tried to convince us to do, to go out there and pay all our bills off and have zero debt. And we're going to be happy for the rest of our lives. And then we can retire and live on that. He goes, that's not how people get to be millionaires and billionaires. It doesn't work that way. Actually, I think he said, I don't remember if he used these words. Did he say to live below your means a little bit? Right. Like slightly. So if you're making, if you're bringing in 250,000, Basically, you live off of two hundred thousand, correct, to two hundred twenty-five thousand, and then you use that additional twenty-five to fifty, and you start investing that. Right, and then it'll get to a point where that starts working for itself, yeah. and then you have this passive in- these passive income streams coming in that they're paying for everything. Like, but he said, when you start making great money, don't forget about the money that's paying the bills, the job that's paying the bills. Constantly be doing that, and. You know, if you want to be really conservative, say four or five months of that operating expense to cover that, because he goes, you're intelligent enough that if something happens to that job or that business, that in three months, you will turn it completely around and start generating that money again. Because if not, then you've got problems, period, Yeah, which is true. So it's looking at life instead of being reactive. And he goes, listen, we've all been there. We've all been there where we were freaking out. But it is a choice on how we want to work and move forward. And they were talking about this, um, you know, he said a spider makes a web and you take all these spider webs and you start spinning them and you create this super strong cable, right? And he goes, and then you try to do something outside of that. And there's one web and that web breaks. And what do you do? You go right back to the one that's super strong. It's like creating a path. You've been doing for years and years that one thing that's created this super strong connection to your identity. And now you're asking yourself to do something outside of that. 
that's where people go back to their bad habits. It's getting away from the habits that are keeping you where you're at, because that's what those are. You are where you are because of the choices you've made. That's not a wrong or a right thing. It's just a fact. Now, if you want to make a change, you're going to have to make some different changes. And you're going to need to be supported in those ways. That is what really is the difference. It's the uncomfortability. It's being the dumbest in the room. It's being the poorest in the room because then you have the ability to now change the direction which you're going to follow people who are doing something you want to do and take the actions of those people who are taking those actions to create what you want because you are taking the actions of someone who is where you are. So now you got to do something completely different. Your brain isn't going to register that that's normal right away. It's going to take time. So that's where you need the support of other people. And that's why this organization works really well to supporting you when you're making these transitions. I thought I got a lot of that. Yeah. Um, have you noticed any, like, what did you implement from that? A lot of people think you go to an event, you're on a high, you learn all this stuff, you take all these notes, I mean, you have these people. What, it what wasn't was, a, it, what's been different for you coming home after that? Has anything changed? So yeah, you. I'm writing down the people I'm reaching out to. I got to do a post. I guess this is considered a post, but I'll do another post. I've got people that I'm working with. There's people that I want to work with. So there's connections. There's reaching out, there's posting, there's following up. That's what I'm writing down now. So that's what I just continue to do. And as you continue to do it, the attitude towards it is just as important as the action you're taking. So like, oh, I'm glad I talked to that person. Am I talking? Hey, do you want to work with me? No, that's not the reaching out we're talking about. Hey, how's it going? How can I use what I'm learning in this group? and externally start teaching it or using it with other people outside of there. And if I feel that they're a great fit, maybe for this group that I invite them in because I'm looking to elevate other people by the conversations and reaching out that I'm doing, not just how they can help me. First is how can I help you? How many of you are getting phone calls from people or messaging of someone trying to pitch you that they want to help you? Oh, their program is going to help you, but they're not the only way they're going to help you is if you buy something from them. Are they really helping you? Or are you investing in a service or a situation that could elevate you that you're going to actually have to do work? They're not helping you. They're giving you an opportunity. But are they really reaching out and saying, hey, I'd love to help you out and connect you to a few people that I think would be a great fit? That's building a real relationship. We're so now geared towards a quick fix. What's in it for me? What's in it for me? well, you don't like me or you don't like this or I don't have time for you. You should have time for like-minded people. And the only way you're going to know that is by having conversations. And I know you've probably met people online and when you meet them in person, they have different personalities completely. I don't want to be around people like that. I want to be around authentic people who are themselves 24-7. The same time, you're also going to see something on social media that is not who they are, from the filters they use of how they act and you run into them and meet them in person, you're like, ooh, that's completely different than what I thought. So that's something else. I, The question I ask when I get all these LinkedIn requests, they're always from marketers or people wanting to help increase you to thirty dollars or $40,000 per month in your revenue generated by high-ticket clients. I go, who's your coach? Do you really? Yeah, dead what silent. Do people say dead anything? silent. No one gets back to me. Well, you know, I'm like, no, I don't. Who do you work with? Who are you being supported by? No one. Well, I work for this guy. I'm like, no, that's who you work for. Who's supporting you? Who are you getting outside external help with to better yourself? Nothing. 
because they're selling you something they learn from a program, not their world experience. If someone really wants to work with me, they're like, hey, Sean, you've got something amazing going on. It looks like here that you may need this from me. I'm willing to partner up with you. And whatever we generate, pay me a certain percentage and I'll be fine with that. And once that's paid, if you want to continue working together, that'd be great. It would benefit them better to get a percentage of what we bring in by them showcasing my strengths and my genius in the work I do, them getting me clients that they say they can get me. So if it's true, say their program was, oh, for 10 grand, right? But we launch something together and I make 100,000 and they get 20% of it. They make 20 grand. They double their income because then they're more interested in the outcome, not the initial sale of the product. They're not just invested in the product that they sold me. They're invested of how that product works and the results I get because guess what? If they can get me to 100,000, not only do they make more money, but they have proof of concept. So why aren't people doing that out there? Well, that's risky. Me risking with them. Megan and I've worked with people before we have invested in their quote results. We got nothing out of it because we trusted them. So this is what I see that happens in the other commitments we've made and people we've run into is we're not getting a return on our investment. And once you get burned, you don't trust people. And if you don't trust people, how do you then expect to work with people if you don't trust them up front? So that's the interesting reason why I wanted to join this group is because I wanted to learn how to trust people in the world more, not just say what's in it for me. And if you're around people who think the same way you do, yeah, we're a little weird, but we're making the world a better place. So that's why I want to invite Megan to get her perspective on this because let me nominate you, maybe if you're lucky. I know everybody was asking me, are you going to join? I'm like, well, I have to be nominated first. Yes. Cool. So um, in the spirit of time, I have an idea. Yes. Because I have a lot of other things I want to talk about that I think people would be interested in. I also made a post earlier on um, social media asking folks like, what questions did you want to have to answer? Well, I want to record another episode. Okay, so we'll this will come out. Um, this is going to come out Friday and then uh, we'll do another show. So we'll, we'll have like a part one and a part two. Okay. So this can be part one. We'll do part two, which will come out like a few days later next so Tuesday. We're going to do that now, right? And we're not going to do it now because I have a call in four, four minutes. So do I, I think. Yeah. Four minutes at four o'clock. So let's do a part two um, right after this next week. Mm-hmm. And you want to talk briefly about where people can connect with you. I know you have a Facebook group and you've got a program. Facebook group, the mental mechanics. And then I also have the supportive masculine male, which is just for men learning how to communicate with themselves better and their own peers. And then you go to seanahuber.com, which is S-H-A-W-N-A as an apple, H-U-B-E-R.com. Do a blog there, ask questions. If you're interested in more information, you know, feel free to fill out a form, have a conversation, see if, if I can help you, that'd be great. And if not, then I, at least I'm going to put you in the right direction for someone else who can help you because you're reaching out for a reason. Um, there's no reason for me to stop you on that journey. My reason is to either work with you or put you in the right direction that someone's going to get you to where you want to go. So cool. looking forward to talking to people. Awesome. Next well, week too. All that's in the show notes below. Yeah. So um, the links are there. You can click on that and go friend Sean, join his group and uh, just get to know him a little bit better. And then we'll have you back next week. That'll be so fun. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, man. All right. Um, Until next time, everyone, remember to design a life that is built to last. 
Thank you so much for tuning into the Built to Last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.